first of all, let me get this stuff with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Find out where this is going on. It's either there or there, or out there somewhere. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Please, Senor. This music's getting me hopped up. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Trumpity Trump, Trump, Trumpity Trump, 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 Trump. Just amazing listening on the way in this morning. Yeah. So what's So what's this song? Can you help me out there, Michael? What is this? I'm not sure where this is from. Sean gave it to me. Oh, okay. It's just like a... I think it's obscure. Show busy, get you going music. Yeah, I, I, I told you off the air, but part of it, I think, I really do feel like this is going to be the landing spot, and I want to keep it. Actually, somebody did guess it. A listener did figure it out and got at me on Twitter and, and knew what this was from. Well, but, uh, but yeah, if, if, you know, if nobody knows what it is, we can't get in trouble for playing it. Love it. You're going to give it a secret? And you just have that, <laughs> yada da at the end. Yeah, it does. Yada da. Because we had used the we had used the Tonight Show theme twice, I believe, over a twenty-year period. Correct. And uh, yeah. once nineteen years ago, once uh, three weeks ago, <laughs> we were told we can't use it anymore. So that's that by liars. I'm sorry, <laughs> lawyers <laughs> and busy bitch b- bodies. There you go. Uh, let's Friggin introduce idiot moron <laughs> jackass scumbag idiot. Jeez. Wow, do nothing failure busybody. Idiots. Some resentment there. We have a giant announcement to make about the Armstrong and Getty show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm very excited about. It. Should I do it now or should I do it after? Because it could be part of the introduction. Are we getting a fountain in the lobby? Because we're also excited about <laughs> yeah. it. Let's bring everybody out on stage first. Who's part of this grand okay, grand there enterprise? There is our board operator Michelangelo pressing buttons. Flipping toggles and pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Yada, yada. I'm here. I'm happy. And so I want to hear about this announcement. So I'm going to speed through here so we can go through. I got to hear this. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, Today, I bring with me a a blessing and a curse. Uh, The blessing I bring with me is uh, the payment of my bet to one Marshall Phillips. Uh, $10 was, was wagered Indeed. as part of the, uh, the, I didn't think the Warriors would lose a game against the Rockets right. after their thrashing of game one. So in $10, I have got, I, now I asked for a roll of old timey quarters exclusively. <laughs> they looked at me like I was a crazy person when I insisted they began to call security. I said, ah, whatever you got in the drawer is fine. So hopefully there's some old timey quarters in this, uh, in this roll of quarters. You can have some luck, some blessings for you and future uh, gaming investment endeavors. Very nicely done, Positive Sean. Very nice. And for you, Joe Getty, I give you a curse. Yes. I give you the curse of the $2 bill. 
Oh, see, what is now? that a curse? Yes, and I was out two dollar bills. It seems like oh, it's fine. It spends just like regular money. But if you deposit a two dollar bill in the bank and you withdraw, they give you like two ones. That feels like you got ripped off somehow, right? <laughs> sure, right. You can't really spend it because it's weird. It's a two dollar bill, but weird you can't money. put it in the bank where it saves and grows. So it's just stuck in your sock drawer, gaining no value. Wow, not being spent. Listen to the just bitterness. gathering moths. Well, <laughs> I didn't make that idiot bet for you. You no, made it, but you invoked the forces of darkness. To help you in your quest <laughs> yeah, by, uh, by listening to uh, the human cooler. So I'm, I, I'm in with the forces of darkness. We have a comfortable relationship. And who is that on the? Is that even a president on the two dollar bill? I don't know. What is he like? A Department of Agriculture <laughs> secretary? <Thomas> Jefferson, <laughs> you idiot. You sure about that? I don't well, know. He is better. Yeah, I hope it's fifty dollars plus interest because I was here yesterday and my money wasn't <laughs> plus interest. Give me that. <laughs> Enjoy the two dollars rotting in your sock drawer, Joe. Man, I'll tell you oh, a bet man. I wouldn't have made is that the Cavaliers come back and even that series two games at least oh, yeah. like they did last night. I would never have bet that. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, the Armstrong and Getty Show have a major announcement, and I, too, have a major announcement. Okay. After months of healing, <laughs> oh, another round of ultrasound testing and numerous consultations, I have been cleared. To resume training to achieve my goal of 10 push-ups in a row. I will be monitored by a medical team since I am going to try and achieve this long-sought goal by the end of next month. Oh, my by goodness. The end what? of June. Uh, I was not consulted what? with this. Yes. <laughs> You're going to try to do 10 push-ups by the end of June? Yes. Five weeks? You yes. didn't consult your personal trainer, Sean. When's well, the, when's the last this is time, foolhardy. When's the last time you attempted to do push-ups? Uh, right before while, I right? was injured. Like a and you year, managed I, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd been in it for some time. You had been Quit training. So generous, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, Michael. You had been training and you were up till two. Yes. Now yeah. you're coming off an injury, you're going to try to get to ten in, in, in a few weeks. That is, that okay. is the are goal. You, are you, are you planning goal. to disappear to Germany for some weird blood cycling? Weird, <laughs> oh, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I am getting a few extra in, enhancements, yes. Like PEDs. PEDs are allowed in this competition. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. There's yeah. no testing. Exactly. <laughs> Nah, we don't right. have the time. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Take whatever drugs you want. So here's our exciting announcement. There's this thing called the uh, the Talkers Heavy 100 that they put out every year of the most influential, biggest talk shows in America. That's right. Talkers Magazine, by far the leading publication in our world. And I don't remember what we've been in the past. I know we made a big deal out of being 60-something one time and being 54 <laughs> once and something. I think we were 42nd fairly recently. <laughs> But as of yesterday, it was announced that we are now the 24th yes. most powerful talk show in America. All right! Huzzah! Fantastic. The most exciting... I'm calling my mom. The most exciting part is that we're two... And I was wondering who's ahead of us. Uh, at 22 is Doug Steffen. Oh, who longtime <laughs> listeners of the show know we had a bit of a feud with. We're going to play some clips from that feud a little oh. bit later in the program. Oh, why? 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 No. Let's sleep in dogs lie. That's water <laughs> under the bridge. I'm Mr. Let's bring us together. No, why yeah. would Dishes we? best serve cold and whatnot. Oh, yes. Why would we open old wounds? <laughs> why? Yeah. Yeah. When he was recording our phone calls and replaying them on his show as if they were his interesting phone calls. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> and he's 22 and we're 24? What the heck is that? Some other notables from the list. Uh, Joe Piscopo of Saturday Night Live fame is number 69. And if you're not going to be in the top 25, that's the number to be. Oh, for the love of God. Uh, Herman Cain, uh, number 55. You can find him on. uh, That's also his dial position. Yeah, right. Yeah, 99.9 Herman Cain. You can find me. 
Oh, fantastic. Isn't that exciting for all of us? Super. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is a Tuesday, May the 22nd, setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's uh, begin with our 24th best in America entertainment, uh, infotainment, uh, entormation, precisely according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. This is going to be guess that sound, by the way. Uh, I'm thinking that's screaming goats of some sort. This is so freaking cool. Gosh, I don't know, some sort of a group birthing? No. Group birthing. That is a couple of links oh. arguing with one another about uh, who's the best link. <laughs> Link eye, Linksies, send me the links. Links, Link, link sauces. And we're looking at the video. Links the giant cat. Yes, yeah. he and the so then they... extra large and furry bobcat. Who, who, who runs into this? Same to you. <laughs> well, it's quite a human sounding shriek. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. They sound like a, a couple of women's giving birth. <laughs> or something. Well, that one sounded like a little kid. Like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, look Whoa. out. They Whoa. almost came to blows. Yeah. It's another oh. Nature Tuesday. That's amazing. I've got the best beard. No, I've got the best beard. <laughs> that reminds me of that uh, you know, 195-pound mountain lion that sounded like a tiny little kitten. That video that I saw, it chilled me to the bone. To the bone. Sure. I you wander in some trail, you hear a little kitten, suddenly it's eating you. What are their headlines, Marsha Phillips? Sitting up the Singapore summit stage, what's Un up to? Expanding the Russian probe, a move demanded by President Trump, and LeBron James lifting the Cavaliers with another amazing NBA performance. Coming up, minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. And I want to talk more about this FBI informant they placed in the Trump campaign, because that's a heck of an interesting story. Is this something that we've always done? There are some people saying it's a regular thing that's done. There are other people saying this has never been done. Oh, so true. And Just uh, wildly divergent coverage and opinions on this it's story. It's troubling. How's mailbag look? Outstanding. Love, praise, harsh criticism, hate. Well, it better be good when you're the 24th most powerful talk show in America. Yo, look out, 23. We're coming for you. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen, boys. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. My wife demanded last night that we get a new television. We can no longer put up with the 13-incher that we've been watching to punish the children for breaking the good TV, which doesn't seem to have affected them at all, but has made us unhappy. So it's not working much as a punishment. There are not many American families <clears throat> where the wife decrees to the husband, we need a bigger TV. <laughs> I like understand. A dream. Yours, what's that? A man's dream? Indeed. But yours is a special case, no doubt. That it's so small? Yeah. Well, but your stance is one of firmness and, and repercussions mm. for 
Well, I was trying to watch the game with my son, and he asked me something. What's something? I said, I can't tell. I can't see. It's too he tiny. Said, Daddy, I can't see the puck. So son, he, this is basketball. So he walked up really close to the TV, and he said, I think that guy, you know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I'm going to get a bigger TV. And they cost like $200 now. So. It's amazing, isn't it? Mailbag. Is there any advantage to a curved one? Is that Target? I'm going to get it at either Target or Walmart. Does a curved TV do anything, or is that just a... Uh... Yeah, it looks great from every uh, corner of the room, from what I understand. Is that what they but, claim? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I have a non-curved one. Then. My TV's... Oh. Yeah, I've been fine my whole life without a curved TV. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You give it a try. I've withheld some mailbag because it is Marshall-related, and I'd, allow, I'd like to address him uh, specifically, directly with it when he comes in to do the news. Will it be uh, well-earned praise? Will it be a well-deserved kicking? You'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> wow. Latin for what, sir? Yeah. Well, that was a, a German phrase there. I haven't gotten to the English yet. <laughs> the truth shall set you free. Okay. Give me, an, la- give me an example of that being the case. The well, truth you, shall, 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 shall set you free. <laughs> seashells, seashells. Right. Or something. It's, it's, it's more that if you are proceeding based on faulty premises, oh. a misunderstanding of how the world works, you'll never be free. You'll never be successful. You'll be blinded by your own ignorance, your pig ignorance. Mm. You're dirty, slovenly, you're grubbing in the muck pig ignorance. Your pignorance. Thank you. <laughs> well played. Our freedom-loving quote of the day from Milton Friedman, hero of small government. Uh, low taxes type. Every friend of freedom must be as revolted as I am by the prospect of turning the United States into an armed camp, by the visions of jails filled with casual drug users, and of an army of enforcers empowered to invade the liberty of citizens on slight evidence. I'd agree with that. I don't want that world. Uh, let's see. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, an ongoing, and we get these every day. Ongoing bit of testimony in the my phone is listening to me right. situation. This one's good. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep you anonymous. I just don't want any trouble in your life. Our old Uncle Joe looking out for you, my friend. You'll understand when I read it to you. Got told by my soon-to-be ex-wife at lunch today that she has an STD. Girl. Say this again. Apparently got, she's got, moved on. Got told by my soon-to-be ex-wife at lunch today... That she has an STD. Why would she tell you that unless she thinks you have it too? Uh, maybe she is being very responsible and says, I don't know exactly when I got it. So um, she was uh, engaged in more than one relationship at the time? Why would you want to go there? Well, it's the only reason you would care. Otherwise, I don't want to bring any more pain. And stuff. Uh, These people are already going through a hard Otherwise, time. you'd just say, I'm sorry to hear that. Good luck with that. And Unless they're still friends and she says, yeah, the divorce is taking a while. She says, yeah, God, the dating world's great. I got the clap. You know, who knows? Maybe they're friends. They share. Sorry to hear that, you whore. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Wow. Wow. Well, at any rate, so they had this conversation at lunch, and he says, I get this advertisement on Instagram later that night. What are the chances? I've never looked up this stuff in my life. And it is, get $10 off my lab. Uh, Safe is sexy. STD testing. I don't know. I've I've signed my friends up for things like that all the time. (laughs) I wonder if, because the uh, the the rights you sign, the privacy, I should say, you sign away, is extensive. Does Instagram 
look at all of your contacts, your most often used contacts, and say, all right, ex-wife lady, you're looking at uh, uh, clap tests. Let's send it to your closest contacts, too, because you're all into similar stuff. That would not shock me at all. On the other hand, it also wouldn't shock me if the guy's phone is listening to him. Sorry to hear your ex has a social disease, though. That's you know, terrible. Wouldn't you want to say to your ex-wife, how's about you don't go having sex with diseased people and have sex with me? What? <laughs> I think that should go unspoken. I How mean, it's, it's obviously, obviously unfortunate. Nobody's God, happy here, I'd Jack. Say, Nobody's pleased I'd with this. I'd say that's unfortunate. Uh, uh, let's see. The, the problem I have here is, uh, I've said this many times, I'll say it again. The fact that Google, Facebook, whoever can listen, and that they wouldn't, even though it would benefit them, I find hard to believe. It's a stretch. It is a stretch given their history. The truth so shit, shit, you shit. Mm. <laughs> the truth is a good thing. We are clearly incapable of saying that. The truth is something you should embrace. <laughs> the truth, better than chlamydia. <laughs> Thursday's podcast is mislabeled, writes uh, Jim in Battleground. As a loyal podcast listener, I believe some prankster messed up with your upload Thursday. I tried to listen to the men of Armstrong and Getty. Instead, I think they substituted the view or similar ladies talking endlessly about how to change a flat tire or not mm. knowing about locking lug nuts. Seriously, hoping the best, uh, uh, Jim in Battleground. Jim, you're just acting all manly because you live in Battleground, which is kind of a pretty manly place. sounding uh, town. Pretty manly place. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is oh a, a request. Guys, uh, 6.40 yesterday morning, you made an impassioned statement regarding young people's inability to deal with setbacks in life, and in some cases leads to violence. This may have been the most succinct explanation I've heard on this subject. Please play it again and again until every bleeding heart in the country has heard it. Uh, you are the conscience of the nation. That's Mark in Portland. Thank you, Mark. We're actually we're working on putting that in shareable form. Uh, executive producer uh, Hanson is is on that task right now, and we'll have it up later under hot links. Mike, yes, sir. Yes, yes, it's, yes, yes. It'll be its own story here. In It'll just be a few its moments. own story on the website. All right, beautiful. It's that kind of commentary that allows you to become the twenty fourth most influential talk show in America. Oh yeah, we were twenty seventh until I unleashed that yesterday. Yeah, and then we just vaulted past. And you I'm taking that- notes, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> And on this, on that topic, uh, those who've listened to the show for a long time know that for a very long time, I, Joe, was a youth uh, sports coach, and I, I liked it a lot. It was really interesting, and I just, I loved sports as a kid, and I had some really, really good coaches, so I kind of felt, uh, I, I just, I was happy to pass some of that stuff along. Um, and this is a great note from uh, Patricia. My son grew up at a time when participation trophies were unheard of. He's a responsible, productive husband, father today, etc. I distinctly remember a drill as Little League coach ran at the start of each season. Bases are loaded. Ninth inning. Tie score. Two outs. You're up to bat. You can win the game for your team. He had each player go up to the plate and stand there as the ump called strike three. You are out. And each player was required to walk back to the dugout. No temper tantrums. No giving the ump dirty looks. No throwing the bat. Reacting to disappointment was practiced, so every player would know what behavior was expected. This example of how this coach taught a powerful lesson impacted my son's life forever. That's good stuff. I wish I'd heard of that one when I was coaching. I don't think anybody's doing that now. Don't act like an idiot. Here's a trophy for striking out. You win some, you lose some. (laughs) Son, you just lost one. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
to do the story that pretty much all tech demos are fake. They're faked up. Tech demos? Yeah, whenever you see, uh, well, the example they've got is uh, the audio we and everyone else played of the computer voice lady calling up to make a haircut appointment. That was faked up? Well, it was at least edited heavily. And and Apple has done that, and Microsoft has done that, and everybody does that all the time. Edited heavily is misleading. Yeah, so the story initially was... If the entire question is, how well does this work, and you edit out the parts where it works poorly, that's misleading. (laughs) We'll get into that coming up uh, in more depth. Yeah, very quickly, a note to Marshall from Matt, loyal listener, Matt. Yeah. My dudes, tell Marshall his lotto scratcher plugs put his bad habit in my mind. I just won $300 on a $3 scratcher. I'm bringing home the bacon with my cohorts. Lunch is on me. Yes. I'll send you pics from the local taqueria. Much love and damn it, Marshall. I hope you're getting uh, endorsed by the lotto. Well, that's backwards. He would be endorsing the lotto. Because you're doing a fine job at selling scratchers. They tell me the money goes to schools. (laughs) Hilarious. Thanks, uh, Matt. That's funny. I love a good taqueria. What's not to like? Exactly. Let's, let's get the news now. What does Phillips. a taqueria give you? Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, mm. gotcha. Mm. Be careful. Mm. It's usually right. the lettuce, Marshall. Moving right along, the White House is saying an independent inspector general will now expand a new internal investigation of the FBI and the Justice Department. A statement says the expanded probe will include any irregularities with the FBI or Justice Department tactics concerning the Trump presidential campaign. That statement came out after a private meeting with President Trump, the FBI Director Chris Wray, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and Dan Coats, the Director of National Intelligence. This is uh, as partisan as anything else that has happened in recent years and certainly anything around Trump. You either see it as, oh my God, the nation's crumbling because Trump is going beyond his presidential powers and investigating things he shouldn't investigate. It's unprecedented. Or you believe the nation's crumbling because the FBI, opposite parties, uh, put FBI moles in a presidential campaign. I have heard heavyweight scholars weighing in 180 degrees polar opposite in their appraisals of what's happening. I think it stinks. I don't like the smell of it. The uh, the uh, implant, the, yes, uh, yeah, in the campaign, yes, it's it's a hazardous thing to do. It's a dangerous thing to do for an administration of one party to essentially bug the political campaign of another. One popular TV lawyer, Jonathan Turley, coming up, in which we will hear what he had to say about it last night. Meanwhile, you're talking about implants and moles. The Washington Post, who didn't want to reveal the identity of the man who engaged in a pattern of seeking out and meeting with Trump advisors during the campaign. Went ahead and decided after a number of other media sources made his ID public, they'd do the same. They named Stephen A. Halper as the FBI source who assisted the Russia investigation and is now at the center of the standoff between congressional Republicans and the Justice Department. What's really interesting about this guy, and Glenn Greenwald broke this case, and he's been very uh, persuasive on this stuff, is that Halper was involved in a long-forgotten 1980 scandal in which the Reagan campaign got in, caught running a spying operation from inside the Carter administration, trying to get tipped off on foreign policy decisions so that they could jump on it on the campaign trail. They had various moles, etc., and Halper was the inside man in that. So is he the only guy in America that will do that job? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's a little odd. Even if the last time he did it was 40 years ago? Yeah, who's that him? guy who helped us out in 80? 
helper or something like that. I don't know. I'll look it up. Well, he's apparently convened a lot of senior intelligence uh, meetings uh, for and seminars at the University of Cambridge in England over the years. So he has been busy in the background constantly all this time. Mm. President Trump's going to host South Korean President Moon at the White House today. That meeting happening before Trump's planned summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un next month. North Korea threatening still to pull out of the summit in a dispute over joint military exercises between the U.S. and South Korea. Vice President Mike Pence telling Fox News the North Korean regimes have played both the Clinton and Bush administrations in the past. It would be a great mistake for Kim Jong-un to think he could play Donald Trump. Here's, here's a, how stupid, even good, cable news is. The tr- Trump himself, Pompeo, Nikki Haley, they're on the TV, they're in the papers every single day saying, you know, if we don't get a good deal, we're out. I mean, we're not going to get duped by Kim Jong like everybody else does. No friggin' way. Over and over again, they say it. And then you flip on the cable news, and you got somebody saying, there's concern that the Trump administration might be going too easy on Kim and will be easily duped, etc. They're just inventing conflict where none exists. And the whole Kim Jong uh, saying, oh, no, maybe we don't get together. I tell you what, those exercises, they piss me off. He shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> That is just classic negotiation. You're trying to rattle the seller. Right. Comfort a buyer, rattle a seller. And we're trying to sell him denuclearization, so he's acting like, you know what, I changed my mind. I'm out of here. Now, I don't want this washing machine. All right, All right. maybe I'll listen to a bigger discount. Go ahead, talk to me. So it's, it's no big deal. Meanwhile, I mean, it could be nuclear holocaust, but it's no big deal. Meanwhile, in your NBA playoffs, LeBron James setting the Eastern Conference Finals back to Boston all tied at two. James went for 44 points in the Cavaliers' 111-102 win over the Celtics in Game 4 at Quicken Loans Arena. Oh, he hits it! Oh, goodness! There you go. It was the Kings' 640-point performance of the playoffs, the most of his career. Well, I thought they were done. So now it's 2-2. Well, we'll see. Cleveland went home, down to zip, but they won consecutive games to even the best of seven series. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Doesn't America want the Warriors in, in Cleveland for the fourth year in a row? Most of America, everybody who's not in Boston. I don't know. Don't you want LeBron James in the finals? Come on, you do, don't you? I do. Uh, the Celtics have a little bit of the bad news bears, plucky young upstarts. They're like $50 million in salary got injured through the season. You know, that, that sort of thing. Lost the best players. Yes, nah, you, want the best, you want the best player in the world on the court for the finals. Yeah, it's hard to argue with it. Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite TV lawyers, Jonathan Turley, was on Fox last night uh, with his view of an FBI informant hanging around the Trump campaign asking questions. How it looks to him, which I thought was interesting. Certainly seems like a bad thing to me, but stay tuned for more coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. We got something fun coming up. Um, in case you don't find this fun. 
Well, it's information. You know, it's it's entertaining. It's information. All of it. God, I just... Blends together. You know, if you are ordering a smoothie, do not praise the banana while cursing the strawberry. <laughs> I just I just had one of these uh, caffeine sort of energy thing, whatever. Who are you people that drink these things all day long? I just took a sip, and I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. It's bad for you. How do people drink those all day long? And I know Tolerance, lots of I know I lots guess. of people that that carry one around always. I mean, they pretty much sip on one all day long. And I drink a lot of coffee. It's not like I come in a virgin to these things. Mm. Every time I take a sip of one, I go, ah. man. If you're if you're a regular drinker of those, you might not know it because it got built up over time. Your tolerance for caffeine is through the roof. Is it all caffeine? Maybe there's something else in there you have a sensitivity I to. I don't know oh. that much about the guafas. Hate there. the feeling of those energy drinks. Mm. Can't do them anyway. We are the 24th most powerful radio show in America. 24! According to a new industry magazine. Hell yeah. Two steps ahead of us at 22, our nemesis Doug Steffen, late night gabber. Listen, boys. That's him there, who is once once stealing phone calls from our show and re-airing him. You said stealing phone calls? I'll explain it more. Mm. We'll explain it more here coming up, and we've got uh, a little bit of our interview we then did with him. We we, we had him call in, and we we busted him on it. And his reaction to it was bizarre, (laughs) to say the least. So, stay with us for that. Uh, How long ago was that? Well, we'll talk about it in a few. So, I don't know if you know who Jonathan Turley is. If you follow the cable news, you see him uh, regularly. He's one of those TV lawyers, and he shows up on MSNBC and CNN and Fox and whatever. He's a a go-to smarty-pants lawyer. He's different than Alan Dershowitz, who's another go-to lawyer you see on all the cable news channels. Turley was a student of Dershowitz at Harvard Law, and they recently got into a uh, heated-for-them-on-air disagreement where Turley thought Dershowitz was being way too pro-Trump and like lost his mind on the law, which is a strange thing to think because Dershowitz is a Clinton person and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, Mm. the only reason I bring that up is that Jonathan Turley is definitely not a, uh, you know, a Sean Hannity um, uh, supporting Trump, looking for a way to support Trump all the time. He prides himself very much on having the striped shirt on. He is a referee, not a partisan. And he's gone against some of the other TV lawyers in, in recent in recent battles on these various topics. But so last night on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox, they got into this idea of the FBI having an informant in the Trump campaign at some point and, and how that looks. These are very serious allegations and they are unprecedented. Yeah, you know, we don't know what the truth is. Maybe right. there was a valid reason for the investigation. Maybe they used valid means. But we should want to know. I mean, what, what's, what I think is being a case of willful blindness here is that we have confirmation that Trump apparently was correct when he said over a year ago that he had people in his campaign that were under surveillance. Okay, let's stop there. Let's put that one to rest, shall we? Ooh, and let's remember the enormity of the muckery, including the from time. including from me. I remember it well. Uh, when uh, Trump tweeted on a Saturday morning that there, the Obama had put spies in his campaign, and when everybody and everybody said, "Where's the proof?" and the president didn't really respond for whatever reason, and uh, and and then started calling him a crazy person. Um, what the hell is and he that talking they bugged about? Trump Tower? No way, didn't we? Just bugged people who work in Trump Tower. Well, there you have one of the more influential legal minds in America right there, who, again, is not a regular Trump supporter, uh, saying that is true. What Trump said in that tweet is true. 
So let's let's put that one to bed. It, it turns out that it was much broader than we thought, even though people like Clapper and others in the Obama administration denied it. It does appear to be a surveillance program. It does appear to be an investigation. And now you have an individual who reportedly offered to be an advisor in a campaign when he was an asset for the FBI or the CIA or both. I can't imagine what justice official would sign off on that. Now you can you know try to split this as you may whether there is this is an investigation or surveillance but from Trump's standpoint there's a legitimate issue you can tell a victim that you know this isn't a, a mugging it's just a forced divestiture but it sure feels like a mugging unless you can prove if, to the contrary if Bush had done this to Obama I would want to know why and I think it's- so I thought that was pretty damned interesting. His yeah. view of it, as a guy who you know studied this for a living, constitutional law is his thing, Harvard Law School, the whole deal. He can't imagine a justice official signing off and allowing this to happen. Now I've heard plenty of other people, as I think you have, saying, "No, oh, this is a regular part of FBI work. They do it all the time." He's it's counterintelligence saying, work. Jonathan Turley says it's unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. The you know, and you're not going to hear this on like super pro Trump shows. The question is, on what basis did they decide they really needed to make this enormous gamble of surveilling a presidential campaign? Because that looks really bad. I'd say. And, and, and those who say, no, 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 it was a good idea, it was legitimate counterintelligence, are saying, well, judges signed off on all of it, they saw the evidence, etc., uh, this is all uh, legitimate warrants, blah, blah, blah. But there seems to be a real bit, uh, a significant question about the timetable, because according to Comey and everybody else, the investigation began in July, the 21st, something like that. I don't know, I have a great memory for those things. But the point is, um, the involvement of this bloke from Cambridge seems to have begun long before, weeks, weeks if not months, before that frequently cited date. So... What was going on there? Was it approved by judges? Were there warrants, etc.? And what was the primary motivation? And it's just, it's here's what it, it was. Feels like something that'll never be proved one way or another oh, no, to me. That I agree with. Yeah, they, they'll never prove it. How the heck are you ever going to prove that it was? Because this is what it was. It was the uh, it was the Democrats, the Obama people, all thinking the Trump campaign was just a joke, and they didn't treat it the way you would treat a normal campaign. And they felt perfectly okay with just going in and sending FBI agents because it was just a joke. Because he would never have the power of the presidency with which to look into this stuff. Right. Right. Now, on the left, they are going absolutely berserk that the president is now engaged in a an unprecedented effort to demand the evidence for his own lawyers. Demand, uh, you know, all the evidence that the CIA, or the FBI has so his own lawyers can debunk it, et cetera, et cetera, this constitutional crisis, et cetera. Um, I, uh, I think it's a much more of a constitutional crisis that you got FBI agents in presidential campaigns. I think it's really interesting that far lefty Glenn Greenwald is squarely on the side of the Trump campaign or or the Trump administration in this. Um, he's writing for The Intercept now, which does some really interesting journalism. But um, he he talks about how. Um, there was a move toward disclosing who the plant was. In response, the DOJ and FBI's various media spokespeople did not deny the core accusation, but quibbled with the language. It was an informant, not a spy. And then began using increasingly strident language to warn that exposing his name would jeopardize his life and those of others, and also put national American national security at grave risk. 
On May 8th, the Washington Post described the informant, quote, as a top-secret intelligence source, cited DOJ officials arguing that the disclosure of his name, quote, could risk lives by potentially exposing the source, a U.S. citizen who has provided intelligence to the CIA and FBI. Well, Greenwald is making the uh, the TV rounds now, saying, that's what they always say when we find out that they're up to something nefarious. They right. always make the, operatives will be killed, national security will be threatened, and days later, this geek's name is in all the newspapers. This guy from Cambridge, everybody knows it, and he's fine. He's teaching classes today. So does it not strike you as somewhat odd that the CIA and FBI were both going crazy that the disclosure of Stefan Halper's name would bring down the Republic 48 hours ago, and today he's back teaching class and everybody's fine? Doesn't that strike you as a little odd? So I looked it up. Alan Dershowitz, who's got a book out, he's a current Harvard Law professor. He uh, has called for independent investigation into the FBI spying. They've got to figure out what was going on there. And he is a Clinton supporter. And and yeah, and l- listen, lefties, he, maybe you hate Trump, you hate his manner, you maybe even hate his policies, what have you. I get that, and that's fine. You get to. But are you really comfortable with kind of iffy, borderline spying by one administration into the opposition's political campaigns. What does it take to justify that? And are you sure we've got it here? Your buddy Glenn Greenwald thinks it's outrageous. Doesn't that give you pause? Yeah, and what about future presidential campaigns? You'll be thinking everybody that's in your meeting uh, is an FBI agent. Or working and reporting back to the FBI. Yeah. It's going to make people pretty paranoid. How's that pay? I'd do it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.